This is Banging on the Drum. It is another sexy day in West Central Wisconsin, and welcome to episode 106 of Banging on the Drum. I'm your host, PJ Smooth, joined along with my co-host, Baby Girl. How you doing today, Baby Girl? You feeling sexy? Doing awesome. I always feel sexy, mostly because I am, but you know, that is what it is. I see you went with the FM DJ voice today. That's an interesting little, interesting little move. Yeah, my wife's been listening to uh, R and B station, and oh. it was crack. It was cracking me up that um, there's something still like that out there in the world. But like people are like calling in to this guy and being like, "Oh, I love you so much. You make me feel so sexy every single day." He's like, "That's right, baby girl." Keep on being sexy. And also, my wife said she would listen to the episode if I started the show by doing it with a. Oh, we're going to get a listener out of it. Definitely worth it. Definitely. But, but yeah, that's all I got. So, how you doing, baby girl? What's, what's your, uh, what's your week going like over there in West Central Wisconsin? So I'm going to start with my under and my memory is like really not good. Like maybe like that's your under. You can't yeah, remember it's, anything. It's it's really terrible. I can't remember. I, I am like 99% sure I had multiple unders this week and I can't even remember one. It's tough when you get to the page when we're filling it out and you have to like if you don't put anything in your phone or write any notes throughout the week, it's tough. I usually, if something happens that I want to bring up, I usually put at least like three words down that would describe, like, be like, "Oh yeah, that happened." Um, I, I feel I like know you, negative circumstances in your life should stick out enough that you remember them, so that you don't fucking do them again, though. Yeah, but then I think that's kind of a good thing that you don't remember. You don't have anything that memorable to uh, to put down. Okay, so I can I can go with that. That like at least your life isn't so bad that you have to mention what's going on, right? Well, yeah, and then there's some people out there that that's the only shit that they talk about. So I think that's probably a good thing if you don't just need to like constantly be venting about the shit that's pissing you off what's pissing you off what's something that pissed you off this week uh so we got an uh an email at work that was like a mass email right so there's only i don't know like maybe like 10 total people in our department i think they sent it to eight of us maybe seven they didn't send it to the rec leaders well maybe they did I can't remember if they sent it to the rec leaders, uh, but it was about how we have to like everything we have to do has to be like okayed by the boss in terms of leave, right? Oh, okay. and so yeah. And then later in the email, it says like I really like that we're flexible on leave, and I was like, you're not being flexible. You're not giving me autonomy when it comes to my leave. So that's what pissed me off today. Drove me fucking crazy. So yeah, that's a good under that triggers the brain. That leave, 
being like a schedule writer um in certain that, that seems like a stressful job to me because the place I, i'm working at right now they have i think it's a summer issue as well like it becomes a bigger issue in the summer because people all want to take off but yeah like it gets to a point that they grant i'm the guard guy filling in so i don't really get directly affected but they have to send out big emails like no more leave like everybody that's taken leave you need to have your leave in like a month in advance i was like damn i would suck at that because i never put my leave in that far in advance right and neither do i and so like our leave is actually very very flexible i could probably call in and be like uh yeah i'm not going to show up tuesday wednesday thursday friday next week and nothing really bad would happen right but they act like they give us all this leeway but that's really the only perk we have like we can't in our department we can't work 10 hour days which i don't understand um other people that fall under the same bosses are allowed to work 10 hour days and we're not and so i just like things like that drive me crazy when like i guess it's like a fairness issue for me right so like why do why are they allowed to do it but i'm not allowed to do it right and if you have a good answer for me like oh you we want you to work fridays well then i'll just take wednesday off what do i care right you're already allowing people to take their friday off but in the same department as me but my actual job code can't where other job codes can yeah that is interesting because having a good answer for something is another thing that that i've that's uh came up recently like while i was in my work environment because it struck me as back in the day when we work at the gym and we'd have certain rules that we'd have to tell people but like when they would ask us like why they couldn't do something like we didn't get like good answers why they couldn't be yeah, doing something can't, right <laughs> yeah and I was that's like, what the boss said man yeah and i mean i worked there so long it just got to the point where i was like it clicked with me i was like if i can't answer these questions i'm not telling these people they can can or can't do shit that i don't know what like if there is a good right. reason why they can't if it's not like it. safety or like uh sanitary like do whatever the fuck you want yeah that's that's what to I the, for the most part right but yeah so we triggered we triggered your under there is uh just thinking I mean, about so, what piss you off yeah and not like so that one did like i did consider putting that in and then i was like i don't need to be bitching about fucking work i mean because i got a pretty like i took 12 and a half I had, I had 12 and a half hours off this week right so all of the fourth and then uh my daughter was playing softball games on wednesday and friday and so i took three hours there or two hours on one and two and a half hours on another and came back to work right in the middle of my day just left came back they knew i was leaving and that wasn't the thing but like i i can take leave when i want right that's not that big of an issue the but to pretend that i have all this autonomy in my schedule is not correct and that's what they're doing i feel like yeah when you say your job like kind of customer service i think the best kind of job for that is like the job where they're just like hey you're working on this project if you get your shit done like i don't care how much you work like this 
I think that's like where it's at is like getting a job that's just like purely yeah task task oriented jobs right yeah something like that uh right yeah i don't know i don't know if those exist in like a real way though maybe they do but i feel like everything is you have to be here for 40 hours right i don't know of too many jobs that aren't like that there's probably some uh, and that's another thing that drives me. So I have to have 20 face-to-face hours with patients. So that's half my half my work week, which is pretty simple to do. Um, but I but I couldn't like be remote the other 20 either. Like there's no way they'd let that happen. Which yeah. would be kind of awesome if I was just there for like four straight hours every day, and then at home for four hours working. Like doing notes, prepping, making sure I had all my shit ready to go. Yeah, that sounds great. Other than I think I would rather do like two days at home, two days there or something like that. Yeah, but so that for sure would never fly, right? That it's just two days worth of shit at work. And if I didn't have to deal with people, then I think you could do that. But dealing with people, I don't think you can do that. All right. Well, let me know what went well in your week well so let's see so the last time we recorded was like middle of the week i think it was in june right middle of the week like june 28th 29th something like that 27th could be um tuesday wednesday last week and so that saturday or sunday i went out camping with my cousin which was pretty cool um he's got a four-year-old and so my kids and his kid were hanging out, being pretty good, made it through the night. No problem. But at like seven o'clock in the morning, the kid, uh, my youngest was like, I got to go home. Like have to be at home. I miss my mom. <laughs> right. Pulls the, I miss my mom card. Uh, <laughs> where if uh, mom would have been there, it just would have been, you know, uh, whatever it was. And so my oldest and my youngest got out of there at like, seven o'clock in the morning, like pretty as six 30, seven o'clock in the morning. And, uh, that was really the only downfall other than that. Like they played really good. Like they were eating stuff. We were having s'mores kind of a pretty cool experience. And then, uh, the 4th of July, we spent the day at the ballpark kind of watching softball games playing. Uh, so Ontario does a pretty big festival, went to the parade, that kind of stuff. So refilled our candy stocks. Everything's good around here. Nice, nice, nice. Did any of the kids play on Fourth of July? I remember that was all sweet for us. Like in rag ball, we got to play on the big field on Fourth of July. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my son doesn't play. He would have been able to play, but so rag ball and t-ball all play, right? So the way our um, community does it is that everybody plays on 4th of July and then they play. So like the minor girls play the minor boys, right? So nine and 10 year old boys play the nine and 10 year old girls, girls fucking killed them. I was pretty uh-huh. happy with my daughter and her team. Uh, we do have a pretty good advantage. We have like eight fifth graders, right? And like, and then on top of that, there's some pretty good fifth graders. And then we only have four fourth graders which is what my daughter will be in next year and so uh the 
the fifth graders kind of run the team and then the fourth graders are just kind of supplementing it right now. And so gives us a little bit of an advantage. We haven't lost a game all year. Pretty happy about that too. I have no investment other than that my uh, daughter and my two nieces are on the team, but I'm Wait, happy is this about one, it. This is the one you're coaching? Nope. Nope. Not coaching this. Um, okay. Oh, I got, oh, I actually did just coaching made me think of a, I don't know if it's an under or an over. I'm coaching. Um, I'm going to start coaching kids pre-kindergarten soccer. That's what's up. That'd I don't know. Good. That sounds, it sounds very, very miserable to me to some extent, but I, I would like other sports to start in like kindergarten or pre-K four years old should be starting. I think you should start baseball sooner. Yeah, you could. I think you could start baseball when you start walking, right? Like foam balls, tees, wiffle balls or something like that. Um, Actual. Did you guys play with actual rag balls when you guys were kids? Yeah. Yeah. See like here they play with rubber balls and I think that gets kids scared pretty quick on a ball. Oh, yeah, now that I think of it, I, yeah, we played with rag, rag balls. We played with like actual rag balls, right? Like they were like cotton and then yeah, it felt like they were stuffed with rags. It was not a, like the rubber baseballs that. Yeah, um, no, I know, we'll I know what you're talking about, yeah. And so um, I guess I feel like you could start them with stuff like that pretty young, right? Where it's not going to hurt them at all, like. Soon as they start walking, start running up some organized sports, and other people are thinking I'm a crazy, crazy person because kids don't need that, but they need a little structure in their life and they need a little place to spend their energy, focused energy. Yeah, no, I I don't think it's a bad idea. Like you, I mean, you just get better faster maybe or even if you don't like you learn the rules and stuff like that at like a younger age and i think that that's probably an advantage because yeah whenever whenever i have any of my brazilian visitors around in town and i'm watching like a sports thing i take for granted how many things like in sports that we just know because like we grew up with it and like I guess oh, I don't yeah. know how to how to explain it. It's super Yeah, well. no, like rules of sports. Like even if you're watching with somebody who doesn't care about sports at all and they're like, "Well, what's the deal here?" and then it's like, "How do you like how is this not something that you understand because from the time you were 5, you were doing some of that shit." Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah, it's like learning a language at a young age. Yeah, for sure it's a I would I would say it's a it is definitely a language. Um, I think there's a stat about baseball players that like pr- baseball players are predominantly born in the, uh, in like June or something like that, where the cutoff date allowed them to play summer ball one year earlier, or maybe it's May, right? So the cutoffs like June 1st, like baseball players are predominantly born in May cause they could play when they were f- four or something like that. Right. right. That's like, interesting. It's it. I mean, it's not everybody and it's probably yeah. like just 15% of the league falls into like whatever 
stat this is, but they could play when they were younger. And then like played. I, I can't remember exactly how it worked, but it was some weird birthday thing that baseball has a thing with and maybe hockey too. Yeah, I could, I could see something like that. But, but yeah, we you, had a, we had a good week celebrating Fourth of July. Um, watch fireworks, played baseball. I mean, we were just did American shit. Went to a parade. How many hot dogs you eat on Fourth of July? I don't know. I've eaten, I ate twenty four, and then so I ate thirty two hot dogs this week. Really? Yeah. So hot dogs you, are an easy um, snack food. How do you know thirty-two? Because I had a package of twenty-four and I had a package of eight. And you didn't give any to your kids. No, they have a different package of hot dogs. They get good hot dogs. I buy the (laughs) shitty like twenty-four for like a dollar seventy-three or whatever it is. They're probably not quite that cheap, but I buy like some like shittier ones so that like I can just. That's a lot of times that'll be my snack when I get home. It's have a couple hot dogs, maybe six. Not a boy. Not Damn. no bun though. Just the just the hot dog. And so those are probably not the healthiest thing I could eat, but um it's easy Man. and they're cheap. Dang, that kind of transitions into like my under for the week. So I haven't ate a hot dog. Or you got anything more? No, it's no. It's kind of funny that you say that because I think I was quitting hot dogs actually this week. So I only nice. ate two uh on fourth of July. And I guess another part of my under is like I worked the whole stretch. I want to say like I worked like the second through the fifth, yeah, like night shift. So like Fourth of July didn't even exist to me. I seen some fireworks on my drive into work, and that was about my Fourth of July. Um, but yeah, I ate two hot dogs, and then I needed to use like gas X or something for the first time. I can't remember what the brand of chewy chalky thing i needed to put in my stomach was like wait 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 for um heartburn or for like because you like too much gas i think it's gas it's like uncomfortable amount of gas like not like you have to fart well i but that i mean there's that too but like it was like painful gas buildup in your intestines and stomach yeah, and I was blaming the hot dogs for sure because that was that's the only thing I changed about my diet, and it was like they weren't bad bad ones. They weren't great. I, I grew up spoiled on like Foss's hot dogs. I don't know if right. you're familiar with. I well, that. I mean, so that so Foss's hot dogs are from a butcher shop. Foss's is a butcher shop, right? I guess yeah. I don't have to explain this. The only people that listen to it are from fucking <laughs> Sparta and Wilton, so they yeah. probably know. But um. Yeah, Foss's hot dogs are like fresh from a butcher shop, probably been in the store for maybe like, and they're not super, not a ton of preservatives in them. Yeah, I've never had a better hot dog in my entire life, anywhere that I've ever been. I I swear to you, there's a couple of things that I'm sure I'm a little bit biased on, like Sparta. Coney Island. What about Coney Island hot dogs? They're close, huh? No, the experience in Coney Island uh, takes it to the next level. The the fries with the cheese and the stuff on top of it. Yeah. And Foss's dogs, like I feel like, if anything, you 
you can make a good chili dog with them, but really you just need like onions and mustard and then a faucet yeah. dog's good. Like Coney Island throws the cheese and shit on it and they make that perfectly. But yeah, now it's kind of making me sad that I'm uh, mad at hot dogs for the first time in my life. But dang, there, there's been something going on with me that I think those hot dogs kicked off. But but yeah, it made me feel like I was getting old. I never really, I think there was like maybe one time I took a hit of Pepto-Bismol for like heartburn or something. But I'm not yeah. a big heartburn dude. No, but, but I've been chewing down some... Uh, like I said, I don't know if it's gas X. It's some sort of like chalk that's in a package that you yeah. push the thing out. And yeah, it made me start feeling old. So yeah, that was my under. Um, but I'll roll into the positive news. So like I said, I another part of my under was I worked the whole weekend. But now I'm off for a three-day stretch. Today, we went out boating um oh to this place called crab island which is in destin florida like it's in between destin and fort Walton beach it's just like a place where like people like park their boat and i don't know just party basically we were out there from 10 till 2 so what we weren't out we weren't trying to like do the crazy stuff and i had to drive the boat so i had to be fairly responsible and i actually mildly sober yeah, no, I actually did a pretty good job, but I did prepare because I do like to have something to drink. So I tried to go the NA beer route for the first time. So I would have like one beer, two NA beers. I ended up only having two beers while I was out there for like we were out at the the Crab Island. It's not really an island. I don't fully understand why it's called the island because it's just shallow water where people basically it's a good spot to park where you can pee and people won't realize that you're peeing but then oh uh, yeah then every, everyone parties there so but, it's a piss island and not a crab island yeah apparently but then, uh, yeah but you do see crabs out there crawling so i guess it is a crab island it's an island for crabs like okay, crabs makes- big enough that you could eat them yeah for sure um I seen that's another cool thing. I seen in my backyard how it's on the water now. I seen a crab that I could have grabbed it and it would have been big enough to eat. So did my dog. My dog was pretty jacked. Uh, she spotted it. Um, nice. Dang, I'm kind of all over the place now, but but it it was a great time. I stayed sober. Did my best job I think ever on a boat. Of I think it's the most sober I've been on a boat since my adult hood has started so yeah i don't i like i do not i don't know if i've ever been drunk on a boat which is kind of weird i'm not on boats very often though either like i don't fish and i don't i don't have access to a boat i tried i did consider getting a 53 foot boat there was a guy giving one away in iowa and i thought about going to get it but it has a hole in the boat and then you got to redo the hole inside and guy was just ready to get rid of it but that would be that would be a it was, huge boat. Yeah, it was like a huge houseboat, right? Okay. And he's just giving away like he was pissed about something with it, I guess. Wanted it off his yard, giving it away. And I was like, we could do this. And then I was talking to my cousin that I would 
was camping with him. And he's like, you need to be, have some place to put that. I was like, ah, so what we can figure something out, but yeah, no, that, that would be cool. I think I could be a seafaring person and I would, I would enjoy life, but if you think you could live on a houseboat. Yeah, I think I could. I'm pretty like minimalist, simplistic. I, I guess like I like TV a lot. So if I figured out a way to get, get TV to come in. Satellite, right? Yeah, it and I'm pretty sure like I guess, but I'm pretty sure like satellite internet is getting pretty good and it's fairly cheap. Like I heard something about this star thing. So I think I could do like it, a but. Starlink thing. So I am always very confused about the internet not being able to work through satellites like really effectively because we put TV, which is live video, NFL games, hundreds of them through the satellites every every weekend. Right? Yeah. Along with thousands of other channels. And so I don't understand why it doesn't work better. I definitely think there it's going to be like the internet is just going to be all over the world at some point fairly soon like yeah. I, th- I, th- I think you're you're right about that like for some reason it was easier to get it but then people smarter than us come to the same recollection as you that like know like oh we would just need to transmit it on uhf from yeah, whatever HF, the difference is, right? from yeah. this, that, that, and the other, but yeah, because yeah. like I just never understood that. Like it has television. How come it can't have the internet? Right? It didn't doesn't compute in my brain. But I yeah yeah that's all I got though. Went out on a boat, had a good time, going to a baseball game tomorrow, double A baseball game. Gonna listen to some cheap seats on the way there. Some uh, so double field. A baseball. Are you seeing the Shuckers? Yeah, Jackson Chiro. Apparently, there's this. Uh, now, I was, this wasn't gonna sound good the, the way that I said it, but black uh, guy that's real good on the team too. But his last name's Black. It's not just a black guy. That's is, is he a white guy that's black? <laughs> his name is Black, and he's. I don't know. So I got one other Brewers fan down here. I still got to do a little bit more research before I go to the game, but I was just giving him a heads up. I was like, Hey, um, the Shuckers are in town playing the Wahoos. Uh, so Jackson Chiro, you know, big, cool guy to see at a young age, um, in the minors. I like, it'll be fun to, to see that because yeah depending on what he does like maybe he'll flame out right but um so i got a question about the wahoos so is that the indians organization or the uh guardians organization no it's uh the marlins the marlins got it kind of figured out i think we could do a little segment on the show one time to see whose minor league system would be the most fun to come up through but i'm pretty sure the I don't know much about single A teams because they never really put single A teams in the video games, uh, right? And I think that's kind of where I get the base of my knowledge of these teams. But I'm pretty sure the Marlins their double A goes uh, from Pensacola, then their triple A is in Jacksonville, and then their major league is um, obviously Miami. 
the Marlins. Yeah. So, so okay, I mean, so, it's just a nice little hook for the players. Like they get to see all, all, all of Florida. Florida. Sounds yeah. terrible to me. I don't know. No, uh, no, I think it's, and it like it. So I, I think I like Pensacola more than Jacksonville. And then I've never been to Miami, but I assume Miami may be the best out of them. I don't know. Pensacola, very under. I think for, Amazing I think city. for, uh, you know, like, 21 to 30 year olds Miami's probably ideal yeah right like if you want to be in the party scene I think Miami would probably be really awesome I don't know what else they do besides party but that does seem like they do that really well and maybe if that's all you want then go Yeah, and I feel I feel like you'd be surprised too those like Florida it's kind of like a reputation for Florida people but I don't think Miami really falls into it. It's weird. Like Florida is an interesting, interesting place because people that I meet down here, like aren't really big drinkers usually either. Like I think us being in Wisconsin and like not having anything better to do makes us more drinkers where these people usually have like hobbies and shit. Like they'll, go out boating a lot so they don't drink because they can't because they would get DUIs on boats like I, I don't know. yeah no I get that um I do think I saw something like in the probably on like Instagram or Twitter that um the 19 drunkest cities in America or out of the 20 drunkest cities in America 19 fall in Wisconsin or something yeah. dumb like that it's it was crazy like and then the other ones like North Dakota or Minnesota, like yeah, the yeah. top fifties yeah. just dominated by the Midwest, northern, yeah, northern, northern Midwest, Midwest states, right? Yeah, it's cold as shit. But yeah, you you ready to roll into barking about the Brewers? You want to roll this? You wrote it. You wrote yeah, it. I'll go. I'll go into it. So in the month of July, we are four and two, beating the Pirates twice and splitting a four game series with the Cubs. I'm going to rely on Pat. To go into the next part here, but uh, last I looked, we're playing the we're playing playing the Reds right now. It's big series that we got going. So Reds have a two game lead in the NL Central right now, and as Mike mentioned, we dropped two games to the Cubs, split a four game series, which we definitely shouldn't have split that series. So I don't know if you want to call that a good thing or a bad thing, but blew two games late. Our only all-star. But we we had a big comeback in at least one of those games against the Cubs. Yeah, six so, nothing, right? Yeah. So I think that was the first one that we blew. Was we're down big, but then the second one, actually, it, now I'm blending them together. We won Devin, one game eight six after we were down six nothing. Oh Did yeah, yeah, see that? yeah, yeah. Okay, Maybe no, first you're right. game in the series. You're yeah, no, you're hundred percent right on that. Uh but yeah, the two games that we did lose, I thought you were saying one of the games we lost, we came back from from down six. But you're the first game in the series, down six, bought back and won it eight six. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, anyway, like we were I, playing Cincinnati. Last I saw it, we were in the bottom of the sixth. We were up six to two. Um, I would imagine that we're probably somewhere uh, bottom of the seventh or middle of the eighth right now. 
Top nine, up seven, two. All right. So hopefully we can secure this out. I don't know if we're at home or we're away home. this week. Yeah, home. All right. Good deal. So finish out this half inning and get a victory. Be within one game of Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. So the Brewers have been, uh, Grant, other than the game that the games we mentioned have been playing pretty good lately. Um, probably like our best uh, stretch of hitting in a long time. Uh, if we just look back at this last week real quick, I, I like doing the weekly splits, but Monasterio is hitting 556 in four games played. Jemai Jones is hitting 500 uh, in four at-bats. So, I mean, he's whatever, whatever, like he's got two two hits. Um, but Yelich, so this is where it gets real good. So Yelich is hitting 440 in this stretch. He's on base percentage 517. He's hit two home runs. He's got nine RBIs, um, four walks. So he's just getting on base every single way possible. Um, 11 runs in six games. So basically scoring two runs a game for us. William Contreras is hitting well. Uh, Victor Tantini, I mean, he's only hitting 200 in that stretch, but I don't know. That seems low because both the catchers seem to be hitting pretty, pretty but well. So a catcher hitting 200, if he's only getting in two, two or three games over that stretch, like that's like not ridiculous. As long as you got a couple base hits in there, you're probably okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he's had 10 at bats, two hits, um, two walks. So, I mean, everyone's getting on base. Uh, Willie Thomas uh, hit another homer today. I want to say he doubled early in the game as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's how the game started was the Brewers. So I think, uh, Yelich struck out to start the game, and then we hit three straight doubles, got up two to nothing. Then uh, Adamas hit a two a two run shot, so he's having a hell of a game right now. So that's not even accounting uh, for these stats that I'm looking at, where he's hitting 286 with a homer. So two homers uh, after today is done. You know, Brian Anderson. So yeah, we we've just been hitting pretty well, and. Like we said, it's been kind of a big stretch uh, since we recorded last, where Corbin Burns was kind of on a cold stretch, but he turned it back around today. I can't, I came in here. I want to say he went six innings, gave up two runs, so got the quality start. Should get the win in this one. Um, Right now, though, as we speak, the Reds got a guy on second and third. And one out in the ninth, and they cut the lead to three to seven. So hopefully we don't have another piss it away late. So just from what you heard come out of my mouth, you can tell that the the problem as this last stretch has been going on is more of a bullpen issue than we've been used to this year because our bullpen's actually been pretty good good for, for five years much, really yeah. since council took over our bullpen has been pretty dominant yeah um 
admin type stuff. Uh, we got terrain back up in the majors. So sent down uh, Lewis Urias, right? Yep, yeah, Urias goes down. Uh, Urias, Urias. You say you Urias, probably got it. Right. I say Urias. I um, called Adamus Adams. So yeah, you probably got it right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pitching Colin Ray has been doing pretty well. So I don't know. The Brewers, since the last time we spoke, and I was a little less optimistic on them. I mean, they're in the race. We're above 500. We're definitely going to be above 500 going into the break. Um, but the, the more I think of it, the more optimistic I'm getting is because we haven't had Woodruff, and Woodruff is really, really fucking good. So, yeah. I, I mean, if you get Burns pitching well, you get Woodruff pitching decent. Um, our two top guys are two number ones. And yeah. then the way Ray's been, or uh, yeah, Colin Ray's been pitching, um, Julio Terrain has been having good stretches. Uh, he had a good outing since our last show as well. And I mean, it, it could, you know, they could make a splash, but the offense oh, yeah. needs to Probably play like lose that. another game. Yeah, the offense just needs to play like they've been playing these last six games and which is I, never consistent in baseball right so especially no. when you don't have superstars superstars are probably the most consistent players in baseball and that's why they're okay right so most of the other like like middling players they're just not as consistent at the plate yeah but our superstar is starting to look like a superstar again. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. Which we what you need. If you could have two or three of those guys on your team that just are consistent hit, I don't know, like 290, which I know is like crazy in today's baseball, but you hit like that, then you can probably, you know, your team would be pretty dominant if you have three guys that are consistently hitting the ball. Oh yeah. If you go over, I mean, if you just want to see a good example of that right now, all you got to do is look at what the Braves are doing. And they're just freaking smashing teams left and right. Like, it looks like they're going to have over 100 wins this year. And I'm clicking over to them right now, but I just want to see. So Acuna is hitting 333. Um, Let me get their batting average. Their catcher, Sean Murphy's hitting 304. Orlando Arcia, the last guy uh, that was a big prospect that I got to see play for the Shuckers, is hitting 295. Um, so but the, yeah, Braves, the Braves have two guys out of 17 in all the majors that are hitting 300? Yeah, so Murphy has played 66 games where Acuna's played 87 um but 66 i mean that's like a yeah third, it's nothing to sneeze or yeah. two two thirds of of the games um 230 at bats and he's hitting that arcia has 237 at bats so i mean it looks like it probably is like health stuff but um and yeah and then you get down into i want to see what uh matt olson is hitting so he, he i guess he's hitting two I don't know, like everybody in their lineup 
is damn near hitting above 250. Anybody that plays consistently, and that's that's like if you're Unheard hitting 250, yeah, yeah. If you're hitting 250 on the Brewers, like you're you have the second best batting average in their whole yeah. team is hitting above yeah. 250. So God must be nice. Yeah, man. Acuna, I think that's my favorite to win the MVP this year. But I think he won it last year. That shows you how much I know about baseball. Yeah, I don't even know who the MVP was last year. Uh, so NL is different than AL too. Was show was Shohei the AL MVP? I don't know if he was. No, maybe year, it was I, Judge. Judge broke the home run record, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was him. Yeah, it was probably him. But I think this year it's going to be Acuna. If things stay the way that they're going, it's going to be Acuna in the NL and then Shohei in the AL. So well, Shohei is going to be out for a couple weeks. Shit, that's news to me. So he got a blister on his finger. So uh, Shohei got hurt. Uh, Mike Trout got hurt, and Anthony Rendon all got hurt on the same day. They have like a like uh, what did they say? Like a billion dollars sitting on the bench or something, or a hundred, no, a billion dollars sitting on the bench in contracts or something like that. That's brutal. Cause yeah, that I want to say they're in, I mean, they're yeah, they're in, playing really well right now, too. They're, they're playing solid, but I don't even think that they're in the lead in their division either. So, I mean, that's, that's a major setback because. Yeah, let me see where they are in the West. Yeah, I mean, they got the Rangers in their division. They got the Astros in their division that are playing well. So that might cripple those guys for the season. And my take that I think that they'll have a chance to be in the playoffs might be hurting if those guys don't come back quick, fast, in a hurry. But I guess it's kind of a blessing that the All-Star break's coming up right now. So. Yeah. And Shohei's thing is a blister, right? So should be able to come back from that. You know, that's just a pitching issue. Maybe he can hit with that. Yeah. And they're four games out of the wild card, which I think that's what they're going to have to get because the Texas Rangers look too damn good right now. But that all being said, this is baseball. Like we've seen 10 game leads in a division like get lost granted that's like in a very 15 Mets, days yeah. yeah like a very Mets uh stat to do but but yeah I guess that that's kind of uh real ones from the rundown too you have a good real one yeah from so the rundown so there there was just a like a clip I saw on Instagram so it's not really from the rundown but we'll call it from the rundown uh so they're calling a pitch out I believe this guy plays for the twins. Uh, they're calling a pitch out. The pitcher does not pitch it out. He pitches it high and over the plate. Uh, the catcher has to, they call a pitch out cause they know a guy is stealing. He has to like lean over this opposite way with his left hand, catch the ball, turns all the way around and still throws the guy out at second. So, yeah. Really impressive. To be honest, I mean, it was probably lucky that the ball turned him around, but either way, still impressive. Yeah, you, you sent that thing, and it's you know, like an amazing feat because he like guns him down too. Like it's not even like 
really that close of a play like right very yep. clearly out but yeah like it was almost weird how like the momentum like it was like a perfect mistake but still to like capitalize on that and just not giving yeah. up on it and just like completely turning and letting it rip yeah i feel like a lot of guys would have just eaten it right like yeah like turned just, around like i don't want to make a bad throw here i'm gonna let it go there's almost no chance i get him anyway this is a guy who was, was considering stealing on a pitch out to begin with yeah right so yeah like so think of it i mean the guy has to have decent speed and probably yeah. is pretty adept at stealing yeah i mean that's that's a great point right there it, but it does remind me of something that i've wanted to say on the show for probably like four weeks since i've like really locked into baseball defense i don't know if it's just because i'm like watching more and more of every game because i would say in this last stretch like don't get me wrong i'm not watching just random baseball games like all the time like i'll flip one on for like a couple innings and stuff but defense in the outfield has been just bad and i don't know yeah it's it's real bad like even for me it's very noticeable with like i think weimer is love the guy cracked the dinger today big shot i don't like talking shit about him too much because i want him to be good but he's pretty bad defensively i think and maybe like he's like athletic enough and he's like got all the tools to do it but he misplays a lot of damn balls and like kicks shit around and like i said like i haven't been locked into baseball really this much probably since my late teens early 20s so 10 years whatever like not that long but uh but yeah, just watching the rundowns as much as I have been, I've been seeing like a lot of outfield mistakes, which just seemed like there were mistakes like I made in the outfield very consistently. Like I get why they're hard, but like the average fan, like say my wife tunes in, they'll be like, how do they miss that? Like, why do they kick the ball? Like they kicking the ball around or like, Shit so like you that. get why it's hard, but you also were not recruited to play like high level baseball, right? Like that's what I'm saying. Or that. even low level. You weren't like recruited Nothing. to play baseball yeah. anywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. I I shouldn't say that. I don't know that about you for sure. I just no, assume definitely not. And like like it's still very, very frustrating to watch. You know what I mean? To to assume because I guess when I see professional athletes, I assume they are significantly better than me at almost all things and catching a baseball is no exception right or fielding a baseball in like a proper way but i suppose it could be just about anything that's a, like a mental task that you've re- done it so often that you don't think about it and when you don't think about it guys that are fringe players fuck it up yeah right so like superstars i don't think they fuck up superstar defenders right so um i'm trying to think of like a gold like a tory hunter right probably never had to think about catching a a fly ball or how he was going to field something really because it was all instinctual and he had done it so often it was ingrained in his brain 
never really even had to think. Where guys that like Weimer, who you're talking about, he just isn't there yet where it's all, you know, just repetition. He needs probably another four or five years in the league and actually attempting to get better inside of that as well. Yeah. It, but it is kind of confusing to me. And this is a little cleanup from last week as uh, we got our boy Sal Frolic down where I said like he could have been significantly hurt. I didn't really know the extent of the injury. He's back already cracking dingers in AAA. So apparently it wasn't that big, but it just seemed like he was the next guy up. Like that's, that's what it felt like to me. Um, so I, I don't know if there's wiggle room with Weimer, but Weimer's kind of like stole the hearts of the Wisconsin Knights. Like we're cutting mullets in the, the outfield in his honor and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I but mean, he's, he's in like, maybe he's Bobby Portis though. Right. So he's, he's not a guy that you have to have on your team, but he is a guy that is beneficial to your team. I could definitely do you know, do you know what that. I'm saying? Like he's exactly. a, more of a role player than he is the superstar. Like a glue guy right now. Yep. So hopefully we're like super dumb and they can run this back and they'd be like, oh, look at this all-star guy. Like, look at these fucking morons saying he isn't any good. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, he's hitting like 200, making bad plays in the outfield. I, I just don't fully understand how that his role is so solidified on the team. Yeah. So I think a guy that produces runs in some ways, like it just matters. Yeah. I saw something about, I can't remember who the player was. It's a pretty prevalent player. I think he had at one point played for the Cubs, but he is hitting under 200, but he has like, double the runs of a guy who's hitting like 260. And so like they pulled up the money ball thing and it's like, or maybe it was like he gets on base, like double the amount of time, right? His, his average is shit, but he gets on base all the time. And they pulled up the money ball thing. Uh, Cause he gets on base, you know, where uh, is it Jonah, Jonah Hill? No. Jonah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Says something like that. Like we want him cause he gets on base. Or whatever. And so that was that guy. I can't remember who would name off the top of my head. I want to say like Kyle Schwarber or something like that. Yeah. No. And maybe there is something to that. Cause so Joey Weimer's war is one. So I mean, as far as Brewer, people on the Brewers team are high as Yelich had 2.5 on the season. Um, I don't know. These stats don't mean. Too much to me, but his average is 204. So he's just above the Mendoza line. His on base percentage is 287. And then he scored 36 runs, which is good enough for third on the team tied with Willie Thomas. So, yeah. So, but his, like, I mean, if we're looking at like a true average, then that 287. Like that number of times you actually get on base, that's really good. It's right, not good. really. I mean, it's it's solid. Like it ain't. But it. But I mean, it's eighty three points higher than his 
batting average. So he's taking, a, he's getting a lot of walks or hit by pitches or whatever. But well, so Yelich's average, right, is 287. His on base percentage is 381. William Contreras is hitting 255. His, his on base percentage is 342. Victor Carantini. Okay, so maybe that's pretty standard. Yeah, yeah. So it's see, and I it feel looks like, like it's it's about ninety points higher. Is is, is what, standard? Okay. Yeah, but and his is like really not even that. Like it's it's low compared to those guys. Right. Yep. You're right because those other guys are closer to ninety, and he's closer to eighty. Yeah. So, so we'll see, but that's, that's kind of barking about the brewers and then the real ones from the rundown wrapped up unless you got any more in there. No. So it was just a bow nailer throw. I thought it was pretty amazing. And so we can move on to uh, barking about the bucks and talking a little bit about the NBA. Uh, So it's more kind of like NBA flash news is what we're going to kind of get into here. Um, Kyrie Irving signs with the Mavs. I think that that's, uh, the other 29 teams in the league take a collective sigh of relief that Kyrie didn't s- sign with them. I think he's a bit of a team wrecker is my yeah. personal opinion on him. Great talent and, um, doesn't like his off the court focuses hurt his team in general, I think. Yeah. Just being like a conspiracy theorist, just getting into like, and then the media gets into the team and they want to know shit about him. And like, he's confrontational with the media. And then all of a sudden the whole team is kind of having to answer questions about him. And then I think that it doesn't benefit the team. Well, yeah. When you piss somebody off, then they start digging for dirt and then they're, Mm -hmm. they're going to, try to dig up as much it reminds me of uh rogers in that dude from twitter bukowski i think it's peter bukowski but yeah like just hates rogers so much because yeah i love like a negative interaction so like everything rogers would do like the guy would even highlight it yeah and even people who defended rogers he'd go after like uh, John Kuhn defended Rogers about like that he's good or something, and then Bukowski like ripped into him as well, and then John Kuhn snapped back. But that yeah, that was kind of too much. That was a kind of funny interaction. But yeah, it just doesn't seem conducive to winning. And from what I hear, but this could be what we said is some media guy making something up because he doesn't like Kyrie, but like. Doesn't seem like uh, Luca completely loves it. Loves having him there. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but so, I which, don't. Which you wouldn't want to fuck that up either, right? Like Luca's very, very good. I don't know. Yeah, not. I assume he's as good as Kyrie, or you know, oh, he's, like he's better, pretty much same level. I think. I don't know. So Ky- I think Kyrie on court talent is one of the best in the world. However. Right. So the last few years, he doesn't always get on the court. And then on top of when he is on the court, right, the focus always sees, seems to be somewhere else. And that could be the media like skewing my opinion of him. But 
I would assume if you have Kyrie and Durant on the same team, you should be winning games, and they just weren't. Yeah, and that's another funny thing I've heard too is like Kyrie's teammates tend to like him. I, I don't know enough about uh, about the situation. You just like a right weird dude that brings a media circus with him yeah. anywhere yeah. he goes. So I think it's fair to say that you could not want that guy on your team. Like I know, I, know a, I wouldn't have wanted him on the Bucks team. Yeah. Because there's nowhere he's went where he can play second fiddle, be happy with it. And like, in the ca- Cavs when he was real young. Yeah. I mean, right. And LeBron, what like yep. the greatest basketball whatever, wherever you want to put him in the top two. He's in the top five, right? He's in the top five ever in the world. Like no, like there's no ifs, ands, or buts. I don't think about that. So, yeah. And yeah, I mean like where the Packers could bring in a guy and shut him up. Basketball is just not the sport for that, but that's all I have on that. So that's Um, Jabari Parker, former number one pick, I guess is apparently playing on the Bucks summer league team which I thought was kind of cool. I think I'm like 98% sure he was the Bucks number one overall pick at some point. Oh, he definitely, he definitely was. And it was before Giannis got there and way before Giannis. Yeah. No, I not way before him. Cause I remember they were both on the floor at the same time for a while. Oh, and really? that was one of my all time dumbest takes is, yeah, Giannis is looking real good, but I think once Jabari Parker develops, he'll be he'll be the number one guy on the team. And I was very wrong about that. Yeah, I mean, but I, like if you think about that, Parker was the like number one overall pick, and he has not been able to like he's just been able to hang around the league. I think not actually succeed in the league. Yeah, I think I that mean, happens I, quite a bit. And I think he was actually pretty good with the Bucks, because um, it was some weird shit that got him to go to Chicago. And yeah, I, I don't know. There was like some like injury stuff that, but he's still fairly young. Like he's twenty eight. Where I want to say, oh, Giannis geez. it's is, probably about the same. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, think it was. Terrible. I think he got picked the year before Giannis. Oh man, they could have been just superstars together. That would have been interesting because they're both big men too. Yeah, and I, I don't think they really had like a conflicting style of play. Like, so he was the number two pick overall. By the okay, place. I see. I could have swore he was the number one pick overall, but. That's all right. No. Who was picked in front of him? Ooh, that's a good question because this isn't gonna I don't got a one one click. Oh, thing. you don't have that up there. All right. So that was in but yeah. In twenty fourteen, whoever the number one pick in twenty fourteen would be. I wanna say no. Yeah, I, so Giannis is actually a year older than him. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, if they can get him back in the right headspace, like maybe he can contrib- contribute to that team. So, 
I mean, they're four months apart. I shouldn't say that. It's a year, but 94 and 95. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm excited about that. I did. I did enjoy Jabari Parker. There was some weird injury shit at the end where it seemed like he was sitting out because he wasn't happy and saying he was injured. So, um, yeah, that's the NBA that like, that's not surprising to me. Like that It was weird. funny because I actually had like a connection to someone. So I was living in Milwaukee at the time that was like kind of on the training staff. And I was hearing some, so this girl worked with the doctor who is the doctor for the bucks, uh, in the, like the locker room and stuff. Cause I think he worked somewhere else in Milwaukee during the week right. or something. I gotcha. And she would get some like inside dirt and shit. And cause I was like telling her, I was like, I, I really like Jabari Parker. And she, she told me like, I don't know, probably weeks, maybe if not months, like before, like shit just went real sour. She was like, well, that might not be like to the best of your interests. Cause I think Jabari would, now I'm going to like end up on something, but like would complain to the doctor that he wasn't happy in Milwaukee and shit. Like oh yeah. Well, and so like you said, he went to Chicago right after that. Yeah, and he's from Chicago, so right. And I was gonna say, yeah, he grew up in Chicago. So, uh, with some more Buck stuff, uh, Chris Middleton signs for like 102 million. I would assume that that's like the max deal that he could make. Uh, Robin Lopez signs with the Bucks, so they got both Robin and Brooke Lopez, which I, I believe that's when they won the championship. Right, they were both on the team that year. Yeah, I think you're right. Because yeah, it was I a think wrestling year. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, getting outside of the Bucks news, uh, the Warriors traded Jordan Poole. I can't remember who they traded him to or for what, but they got they moved on from him. And then Damian Lillard has requested a trade to Miami from the Blazers. Doesn't look like it's a good fit at the moment, but I think with Lillard kind of de- demanding it, it's going to get figured out. It's my kind of assumption there. I don't really have much more like info on any of that news, but kind of some some fun yeah. stuff going on with the. I got the locked NBA. in on on the pool thing because I heard that in passing, but now I want to know where he went during pool trade to the wizard. So, so he's gonna be the wizards guy now. Uh, whatever we won't dig we won't dig into it too much maybe for next next time i'll have it figured out in my head um oh so uh Giannis got picked and then parker got picked Giannis was picked in 2013 and parker was picked in 2014 oh okay that that makes sense okay got it got it so yeah, what it could have been, what it could have been if Jabari played up to what I thought he was gonna going to be. You ready for some running with the pack? Uh yeah. So I'd I'd like to get into this, and then we'll get into a little bit of like overall NFL news. Nothing like too serious going on in the NFL. It's pretty slow at the moment. 
um, my optimism about the team is going down. All right. I- so at the, at the draft time, I was pretty excited about things. And my, I just, I don't see a clear path to being a dominant offensive team, right? You might be really good defensively, but I don't see a clear path to being really good offensively. And I don't know that it has anything to do with our quarterbacks. It has something to do with our quarterback situation because I don't know what he's going to be, but I don't know that our wide receivers are going to be super good. I don't know. I don't, I would assume our tight ends are not going to be good, right? So tight ends in the NFL don't really produce in year one or year two for that matter. Um, Maybe DeGuara will be okay, but I feel like the only real highlight we have on the offensive side is the line and the running backs and the, I would say the one running back, not even both of them. Like, I don't know that I feel like Dylan is this like dominant running back. I do think Jones is one of the best in the league, but I Dylan scares me. The wide receiver room scares me. I could see my attitude towards it is like I can see Dobbs and Watson taking a step back instead of a step forward. What makes you think that? Did I get into your head about it? I mean, I don't think so. So I um so I think what we're basing a lot of like our Oh, you know, Christian Watson is really good. He's dominant. He's going to be, he's going to be one of the best players in the league. I think what we're basing that off of is he had what, two games where he had three touchdowns and he ended up having like eight touchdowns on the year and two, like that happened in two games. Yeah. And I mean, they're not playing with Aaron Rodgers anymore. So it's like an easy answer. Right. Wow. You could take a step back. So, yeah. And so in like, and Dobbs did take a step back in the second half of the season due to injury or whatever else was happening. Um, and I don't really trust much for young wide receivers for the most part. I mean, I think we've seen a couple of like true exceptions um, in guys like Jefferson and Chase. But I don't know. I just don't know. Like, I. I'm concerned about our level of talent at skill positions outside of Aaron Jones. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's fair, but I think it's one of those years you just kind of go in, you're playing with house money type deal is that's kind of my mindset behind the season is don't finish behind the bears in the standings this year and whatever happens happens. Cause even when Rogers took over the team, like he played pretty damn good and we still didn't make the playoffs because we well were, i think we were two and ten and then he went on a four game win streak yeah so i mean Something it's like it's one of those years where it's just just have fun like if you see progress and stuff but i think it's going to be very scheme based because my assumption to like what we're doing is going to be very much Kyle Shanahan. Like we're going to try That's to cool. become the 49ers, but do it better. Like yeah. 49ers okay. tweaks, but we don't got Debo or uh, Chris McCaffrey, but we do have Watson who we can find. I don't think Watson's going to take a step back. He might not have... Nah, but yeah, like you said, it was like his touchdown games. numbers might not be the same, right? Like, 
He had a but, couple of really big games, but he did have a couple of really, really bad games early. Like he wasn't even like mediocre good. Right. Well, he kept and then he just knocked out though. Like he, he, he had some bad luck. That. Yeah. Yeah. He progressed through that, right? Where the second half of his season looked really good and the first half looked really, really bad. Romeo Dobbs looked better in the first half of the season, then looked not as good late. Um, I would imagine that these guys are really working hard. Like I assume this, I, like I, it's getting in what might be doing it is that I'm seeing a lot of, I think we touched on that. It's like fantasy football season, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're in like, they're in their heyday. Like they can just we guess shit that. right now. Yeah, oh, just we, us. We're not yeah. as a podcast. Okay. But like it is the hot stove league for fantasy football season. Like give me your best players. Right. And, um, I feel like I see Watson in that a lot. And that just makes me think, oh, he's going to fail then. Right. When everybody thinks he's going to be good, then he's going to fail or something like. I don't think so. I think I can ease your mind a little bit. I think he's going to be X factor ish. And like, I think they're going to find a way to get the ball in his hands and get him in open space. So I think there's going to be a progression in his game, but I think he's going to have to take on a much bigger role in year two. And I think he's a dude that can do it. I really okay. do. So um, I like to that, hear that. Thank you. Brad. If that helps you out at all. But I, I think there's going to be, I mean, he's obviously not Debo. There's not going to be too many guys like Debo, but like, I think there's going to be ways to get him the ball. That's not going to be bombs down the field, which I don't know. Like I keep saying, it's like people are like, oh, Jordan Love is going to be so good because I seen him play. I was like, no, no, you didn't. I mean, you've seen him play just against like, the Chiefs, and it was dialed like everything was so reser- reserved that, and it wasn't even that good. Like the Chiefs game wasn't good. The Eagles game was, but like that's. So the the positive thing I heard from the Eagles was Darius Slay said, like he was making the throws, right? So he has all the arm talent. He's got like this wasn't like oh we weren't trying at all, and he was zipping them like and he was just lobbing them in there. They had zip. They looked good. Like there's a dude there. Is kind of what I think it was. That's the guy who went from Detroit to the Eagles, right? Was Darius Slay. Sounds right. Yeah. 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 I feel like that's a guy from like the 2000s. Yeah. It's like like the corner that's just been in Detroit for like. I think you're thinking of like Dre Bly. You're getting Dre Bly mixed in. It could easily be, right? (laughs) With him as well. Um, No, but that is good to hear. And my thing that I do with Jordan Love, not that I've done it too many times, but go look back at his like junior. Year at Utah State, and that's what got him drafted in the first round. And he looks cool, like you know, like lots of college quarterbacks are very like hesitant and like doing weird shit. Where he was just like, like it looked like the game was slower to him than most. Most right. guys like he, yeah, and I think then ready. his team kind of got gutted, and then he wasn't as good the next year. 
Yeah. Something like that. I, I don't know exactly what the situation at Utah State was, but I mean, they they were a team that they are a team that consistently plays like above their head. I mean, yep. Wisconsin found that out before. Yeah. Yeah. Losing to a Utah State team. Yep. Um, all right. So uh let's jump over to driving fast and turning left. And Martin Truex Jr. finished 32nd in the street race. I don't, it was a road race, maybe street race, road race, whatever you want to call it. Um so and it happened in Chicago, so doesn't count because Chicago stinks, as we mentioned earlier. And Packers are pretty gonna pretty easily beat them in the standings. Um and then the driver who won it, it uh, was a, a racer from Australia. It was the first time he's ever been in a ever been in a NASCAR. He didn't like never like was down there practicing nothing. First time he's ever been in a NASCAR from what I understand. And he won the goddamn race. Yeah, I mean that, tells that doesn't look good for NASCAR. That does yeah. not look good for NASCAR. Um, yeah, but I, I guess if you put him in like the round track, like how does he do? Oh but yeah, you, I bet you would be different, right? But you think like if you could do what these guys consider is harder, better, you would probably be able to at least hang with them in a normal. Yeah, track. maybe. I, I have no clue, dude. I but. It's what so I think like most of life is whatever you get used to. That's you know what true. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. But yeah, Martin Truex Jr. still sitting in third place. So it wasn't a big deal. He could he could afford one of those. He'd been racing pretty well recently. Yeah, we're gonna get another win here next week. So I ain't too worried about it. There we um, go. Speaking of getting wins, Ricky Fowler wins his first tournament in four years. It's pretty big news, at least on the sports items I've been taking in. They love and talking about Ricky Fowler and because he had dropped back to the uh, Corn Ferry Tournament Tour for a while even. And so hadn't won in four years, gets a W. Yeah, and I think that's a big win because I think that puts him on the Ryder Cup team. Oh, as really? well okay. so so yeah there's there's that um i was just looking because the other tournaments obviously already started and yeah cameron young is leading in the john deere classic at minus 13 looks like one of those tournaments that minus 22 is gonna win gonna win this thing but but yeah i mean ricky fowler Always a cool dude. I always liked him because he kind of like bucked the trend in in golf. And I think, I mean, obviously, no one's ever. It's gonna be very hard for a golfer to be as transcending as uh, uh, Tiger Woods was. But I do feel I don't like hope it'll ever happen again. Perfect no, storm. Yeah. No, I don't think it will. But Ricky Fowler kind of took it to the next level, like with. You know, you don't have to be this perfect gentleman to golf. Right. Like you can be like a goofy, flamboyant dude with yeah, whatever, wearing his colors and and things like that. So, but that's all we 
got on that and then i did some wimbledon news i've been doing a little bit more wimbledon watching than i've done in my life my wife really has gotten deep into tennis she's been watching the can't remember what the show on netflix is called i want to say like break point or something like that like some tennis term um so she's got like a couple of the female tennis players that she likes um i want to say her favorites like from tanzania or something but i'll watch a couple episodes that chick's pretty cool uh but anyways my big takeaway francis tiafo the best american we got left in the tournament root for him plays at 9 a.m tomorrow i do not know who he plays but that's all i got that's all i got that's my talking all right. let's go francis yep francis let's go frankie Gaff. all right you ready for the brain drain mike yep and so for the brain drain we're going to get into who we believe are the players that need to be on the mount rushmore for wisconsin sports um I think we all went with a guy from one of the different major sports, which I think is kind of kind of what you need to do. Like, I think you could go all Packers here, too, if you really wanted to. But um, I'm going to let Pat lead off with his. Yeah, so and I just want to preface it was someone a Wisconsin sports tweet thing. So like not like a super original idea. And I think it's pretty like well like played out so i feel cheap about it a little bit but i did get a little into it and like how i want to do it so i will preface mine is i was going with athletes um but and athletes from my time because i think if i was gonna do it and do it how i think it should have actually been done um I wouldn't have done this way, but I would say that these are like my favorites. So anyways, we got Aaron Rodgers from the Packers as one of them. Giannis uh, as one of them. Braun and then uh, Ron Dane for my last one with Badgers. And I guess the, the hitch I see in mine is Ron Dane was kind of more first memories where all the other guys were just kind of the best players for their respective teams while I was watching them. Uh, and I think yeah. Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre could be uh, interchangeable there. Yeah. In, in that slot, but Favre is what he's been doing off the field is like, I feel like not. Yeah. It, it knocked no, I, him down yeah. a couple pegs. Right. And so I took a guy for my Packer guy that um this won't that won't happen to, right? Because he passed away at a fairly young age. But I took Reggie White because I thought that was the changing of the guard for the Packers. Right. And so that's not even I mean, I liked Reggie White, but Leroy Butler is my favorite, probably my favorite Green Bay Packer of all time. And I didn't I didn't throw him up there because I think uh Reggie is what changed what Green Bay Packer football was. Like him coming in as a free agent, like actually changed the team. Uh, Giannis, I think 
Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm not going to go back to like the what the 71 or 72 bucks and be like, oh, it's you know, uh, Kareem or it's Oscar Robertson. Um, he put Bucks basketball back on the map. Um, and I guess probably, uh, Robin Yount is my other one here. He is what I would consider kind of like a, I guess his whole career, they probably lost. They never actually made the playoffs would be my guess in his whole career. No, I think they, they made it to the world series with him. Uh, so they made it to the world series in 82 or 83. And I don't think he was on that team. And if he was, I mean, he was, I don't remember him being on that team or being a significant player on that team. Uh, but he was definitely the baseball player in the state of Wisconsin for, I mean, probably the majority of my childhood, probably until like 98, 99, something like that. Like Yount was just the dude for baseball. And then I have a non-athlete. I mean, so he was an athlete at one point. He was not a Wisconsin athlete. Um, I have a non-athlete in Barry Alvarez, who I think, um, changed the program at Wisconsin, right? So established recruiting, established the system that allowed Ron Dane to succeed. And then, I, I mean, we had 16 running backs that we could argue were like top-notch college guys, like not necessarily like the top guy, but like they fought, fell in probably the top 20 rushers during the year that they were in college football. And we had but, 16 of those guys over a course of about 25 years. Yeah. Yours is interesting to me because it's just kind of like, doesn't feel like there's a rhyme or rhythm to it. Anyway, some Robin Young cleanup, though. He played with the Brewers from 74 to 93. So he 93, def- huh? Man, I thought I could have, I could have sworn it was later than that. But so, maybe I just had to tune in on some baseball a little earlier. And it surprises me. So he won two MVPs in 82 and 89. So that's quite the stretch to win. He won a gold glove in 82. I mean, I think he's the brewer that you put on that. If you're going like all time, like, and I like Barry Alvarez there, but I also think if you're putting Barry Alvarez on there, you're putting Vince Lombardi on there. Like that's, that's where my, um, so I did, I did the same thing. I did all guys that were relevant to me. Right. So like Vince Lombardi is only relevant in the fact that he is historically part of the Packers team. Yeah. Like I could have put like, so, I mean, so I'm eight, like, that's true. So the first five or the, the like first three years that I'm really involved in baseball, he's the best player on the. That's yeah. That's where our age three or four years. Right. I mean, so, and I could probably go with like a Prince fielder who feels like he changed the team when they actually did make the turn. That was the first real superstar that came up inside those, um, Jason Kendall, maybe there you go. So I love Jason Kendall, but, but yeah, I feel like he's like a pirate. Yeah, for sure. For sure. is because that's who drafted him and, like that's where he came up at, but, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm wrong on the, on the young pick, but no, I think the I, young I like pick, Robin young, I think Robin young 
is right. So I think if I was going to do this one and do it from like historic grades, stick with the player route, I think it would definitely, the Packers guy would change to Bart Starr. The Bucks guy. Okay, so, so guys that don't necessarily like fit in your, I watch this guy play criteria. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and then I think the Bucks would change to Kareem or Oscar. Um, but I think Giannis could still be there because those I guys, think he can too. Yeah. Those guys were both short termers with the Bucks. Yeah. Um, then Brewers, I think you would have got it right. Like I think it would have been would have been Yan. And then I think the Badgers I got right with Rondé. If yeah, if you if you go strictly player, I think you have to go Rondé. And I I I do think that I was trying to do something different all the way through. And I don't think that there's a really because I think if Ray Allen stays with the Bucks for like a longer period of time, I might've gone with him, but like that team broke up pretty quickly after they were successful. And so I can't really fall there. I think Giannis is the, is really the Bucks best answer. Yeah, I do too. I think Jan is the best Brewers answer. I think, I think Ron Dane is the best Badgers answer. And yeah. I, th- I would agree with that. And then I think, um, but yeah, like I said, then I think Bart Sauer is probably the best Packers answer. So maybe, I mean, they, they, they didn't have a ton of success for the next uh, 20 or so years. Still, they had, I mean, so right, much they, success. It's like you win 10 championships in a row and you yeah, don't have success yeah. for like the next 20 years. You like, who gives a fuck? Like, I would Favre, care. Like if would... Brett Favre won. 10 Super Bowls. And then like you're like, well, then like once he got old, they weren't that good after him. But once he stopped playing for him, they were not good. So <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. yeah, we'll take it, we'll take that out on him. So, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre would be like the wrong answer there. No, I think they both could be. I think leads. the Packers have had enough. I think any hall you pick any Hall of Famer from the Packers. Or like the Brewers, which I guess Braun is not going to be a Hall of Famer, right? Because dumb shit, though. Not like yeah, he would have not- been a Hall of Famer if he like if he just um, avoids suspicion. Yeah, right. And Instead I think of, he did get busted, I believe, too. Like he admitted to yeah, he like, lying about that oh, dude. Yeah. And, yeah, he definitely did. But let's be honest here. Baseball was better with the steroids. Yeah, you're not you're not completely wrong with that. I'm starting to love it. Again, I think this pitch clock and I think they did something very good for the game this year. I still don't like the DH, but I won't get into that again. Um but the only other thing that I could see that you could do if you go back in time with it. And my, this is my final answer to, I think the best one sticking to the players is Bart Starr, Giannis. Then you do Hank Aaron. Cause you count the, the Braves and then Rondé is that would be the. Okay. So I, I, like, that's fair. And I think he, 
because he played for the Brewers too, right? Aaron did. Yeah, he came back and finished yeah. his career with the Brewers. Right, but like, I would the vast majority of his career was in Atlanta. I, yeah, I'm not positive about that, but I, I mean, I do think you're right. I think he was like a couple years with the Braves in Milwaukee, and then the Braves moved to Atlanta. He spends it, and then like the end of his career is in because he hit his, I mean, seven fifteen to break the record was in Atlanta. Okay, and then he hit his last one, seven fifty five. So with the Brewers. So he played for the. So he started in 54. I don't know when the Brewers, or I mean, when the Braves left. I don't know either, but he started with the Milwaukee Braves. So the Milwaukee Braves were 53 to 65. So I mean. Okay. So longer than I think. Yeah. So I I guess that that's probably the the baseball answer. If you want to switch. You could. Yep. Yeah. what about you you could put so like if you're what if you're going with non-athletes then it's definitely vince lombardi for uh the packers i don't know who the bucks coach was like i don't think it's bud like so i mean yeah i don't know who a non-athlete basketball player would be maybe you don't use one right so maybe you use two badgers right you go barry alvarez and bo ryan oh yeah we didn't we didn't definitely avoided wisconsin basketball right um and then could you would you go bob euchre is that the is that the mount rushmore pinnacle for the brewers Yeah, probably. I I mean, there's no coach that I'm like, oh, my God, like he has to be on there. You know, yeah. you don't have uh, or no Dusty own, Baker. No owner. Yeah, no. Seelig, you could put Seelig on there. He ended up being the commissioner, too. Yeah. But Yeah. I mean, it's definitely wild, wild west and an easy, clickbaity type topic where you could go. 500 different directions and we we just went what like seven different directions on yeah how, just right here at how the you end, could so. have done it so so yeah interesting but yeah yours is yours is funny to me though it's just like for the packers you go with the turning point with the bucks you go for like probably the best all-time player brewers also the turning point like that's the Turning okay. point of the franchises when he so yeah you, you kind the of turning did. point with Alvarez, right? So the t- Yount yeah. is not a turning point. So I could put Fielder in there. Fielder would be a turning point player. Yeah, yeah. Then I think yours would look a little more standard. Yeah, and but. I did tr- like actively try to avoid taking the players that you did. Oh, gotcha. I I didn't even realize that. Um. But yeah, and I, think, I mean, we still have Giannis. Both of us have Giannis because I couldn't put a different player in there. I didn't think. Yeah, and I think uh, with the Badgers, for mine to make more sense, I would go with 
like uh Melvin Gordon or yep um Jonathan Taylor like just my eyes seen it and not my yeah like as a like memory adult right yeah like yeah. not as my memories but but that is all we got for the show unless you got anything to, more to add so nope. we'll go Duh. back into R&B DJ close it out so hope you guys are still feeling sexy after all of that stuff that we just said. We appreciate the support. We love you. And thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, download, and listen some more. What you got, baby girl? <laughs> all right. If you're doubting the batters, the Bucks, the Brewers, the Packers, or Martin Truex Jr., you can eat our shorts. Roll it. Suckers that doubted the Packers can't need my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't need my shorts. Beat them. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't need my shorts. Eat my shorts. <laughs>